Give me Satan. All right, I want to ask you a question. Do you, any of you recognize this? <laughs> if you were alive in the 1980s and 1990s, you will remember that this is a what? Rubik's Cube. There have been 400 million Rubik's Cubes manufactured and sold throughout the world. Now, you might remember that the object of this puzzle was to get uh, the same color on each one of all of the sides of this Rubik's Cube. The problem was that there are several billion different ways that this cube can end up either or other than the correct way. So it requires a lot of what? Patience. It really does. Raise your hand if you've ever tried to solve a Rubik's Cube. Raise your hand. If you, all right, put your hand down. Raise your hand if you were successful in solving that Rubik's Cube. A fewer hands have just gone up. And those of you who raised your hand, show off. <laughs> I've never had any success with it. One thing for sure, it just doesn't take intelligence to solve this cube. It requires patience. In fact, it's very interesting to me that we can be patient with a puzzle, but very impatient with people. You know, uh, we can spend an hour easily working on something like this, but just let our spouse be 10 minutes late for dinner or our kids have to be told something a second time or that checker in the checkout line at the grocery store be a little slow and, man, we fly off the handle. Patience is about as rare as a solved Rubik's cube. But I have good news for you today. If you are trusting in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit of God is living in your heart. And that means that He is able to work patience within you because the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is patience. We're in a message series right now on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible catalogs these fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We're committing that catalog to memory uh, by uh, learning a song entitled The Fruit of the Spirit. We're singing it every Sunday. It's time for us to sing it now. Let's now, the exciting thing about this series is in between now and Easter Sunday, we are going to be seeing how Jesus Christ displayed each and every one of these nine fruit of the Spirit in His journey to His Good Friday crucifixion and His Easter Sunday resurrection. Thus far, we have followed Him to the upper room where we saw Him give the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, to His disciples and in turn display the fruit of the Spirit of kindness. Then last week, we stayed in that upper room, and we watched him 
wash his disciples' feet where he displayed the fruit of the spirit of gentleness. Now, this morning, we follow Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane where we see him display the fruit of the spirit called patience. What is patience? Well, actually, there are two Greek words in the New Testament for patience. The first word is the word makrothumeo, which means slow to get angry. It's the opposite of having a short fuse. The second Greek word is the word hupimeno, which means to stay under. It's the opposite of bobbing up, blowing up, flying off the handle, or giving up. This is patience. So from my point of view, the definition I found in the American Heritage Dictionary of Patience is pretty good. I put it there on your message notes. If you haven't taken out your notes, take it out right now and look at that definition. Patience is a capacity for calm endurance. Pretty good, isn't it? But I'd like to add something to this definition, and you can write it on your notes. Patience is a capacity for calm endurance and for waiting in faith upon God. A capacity for calm endurance and for waiting in faith upon God. That's patience. Now, this fruit of the Holy Spirit called patience actually relates to two things. Write these on your notes. First of all, it relates to the situation you're in. And secondly, it relates not only to the situation you're in, it relates to the people you're with. So that you're not always bobbing up, blowing up, giving up, flying off the handle, grumbling and complaining when faced with difficult circumstances or difficult people. But instead, you have a capacity for calm endurance and for waiting in faith upon God. Today, we're going to see how Jesus displayed this fruit of the Spirit called patience on His way to the cross. So let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane by going in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. We encourage you to bring your Bibles with you when you come to church here at Mission Liberty Hill. And uh, if you uh, brought your Bible today, turn to Matthew 26. We're going to look at verses 36 to 46. Follow along as I read this scripture. Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, those are James and John, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. 
Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So he went away a second time and prayed, Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Now, I want you to notice how Jesus displayed patience in the situation he was in. Jesus was going to the cross, and he knew it. But you know, Jesus knew that the real agony of the cross was not just the physical agony of the cross. He knew that the greater agony of the cross was going to be the spiritual agony of the cross. Let me ask you, have you ever done something bad? really bad, and you felt terrible about it afterwards, you just felt this load of guilt about it, the agony of it, the regret about it, sure you have. Now I want you to multiply that by billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of times, and just imagine the weight of all that falling upon Jesus Christ. You can imagine the agony small wonder that he said to his disciples in verse 38. Look at that in your Bible. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. You know, it would have been easy for Jesus to have bobbed up, to have given up, to blow up, to run out, but instead Look at his capacity for calm endurance and for waiting in faith upon God. Not once, not twice, but three times he prayed to his heavenly father. And each time he said the same thing. Father, not what I want, but what you want. The fruit of the spirit is patience. And Jesus displayed this capacity for calm endurance and waiting in faith upon God, not only in the situation he was in, he also displayed that toward the people he was with. Why do you think Jesus brought these disciples, these three guys, Peter, James, and John? By the way, these were the best the disciples could offer. These were the top three. These were the creme de la creme. They were the first among equals. So he brought them with him to the Garden of Gethsemane. Why do you think he did that? Well, he brought them with him so that they could support him, encourage him, partner in prayer with him. And at the very moment that Jesus needed them the most, what did they do? <laughs> Fell asleep at the switch. And what did Jesus do in response to that? 
Well, he showed a capacity for calm endurance and patiently waiting in faith upon God. He was macro thameo, slow to anger. He was hupo meno. He didn't bob up or blow up at them. Instead, he rested in the sovereignty of his heavenly father and in love, in kindness, in understanding, in patience and compassion. He said to them, watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Isn't that amazing? You know, many people think that the Garden of Gethsemane was a place of suffering, and it was, but it was also a place of patience, great, great patience, where Jesus displayed this much-needed fruit all the way to the cross. And now, Jesus wants to work this same fruit in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And boy, do we need the Holy Spirit to work this fruit in our lives. Because if the truth be told, in situations that we're in, with people that we are with, we're not always very patient, are we? We're not always macrothermeo. We're quick to anger. We're not always hupomeno. We're bobbing up and blowing up instead of staying under the Holy Spirit's control. Sometimes we can be like the pastor, Ron Hembry, writes about. Let me read to you what he writes. A Texas minister was scheduled to speak at an all-day conference. He was running late because his alarm had failed to ring. In his haste to make up for lost time, he cut himself while shaving. Then he found that his shirt wasn't ironed. To make matters worse, running to his car, he noticed he had a flat tire. Disgusted and by this time thoroughly distraught, the minister finally got underway and with a sudden burst of speed raced through town. But as he did, he failed to notice the stop sign and drove right through it. As fate would have it, there was a policeman nearby and in just moments, the pastor heard the scream of a siren. He pulled over to the side of the road. Jumping out of his car, the agitated minister said sharply, well, go ahead and give me a ticket. Everything else has gone wrong today. The policeman walked up and said quietly, Pastor, I used to have days like that before I became a Christian. <laughs> yes, thank God that Jesus wants to work this patience in our lives by the power of His Spirit, because we need it. We all do. So, how will the Holy Spirit work this patience, this fruit, in your life? Here's how. There are five ingredients He knows He needs to work in your heart, and He will if you ask Him to do it and trust Him to do it. First of all, when it comes to situations you're in or people you're with, the Holy Spirit will help you be honest about your anger. Be honest about your anger. I hope you realize that it is not a sin to feel anger. I'll say it again. It is not a sin to feel anger. It's a normal human emotion. The Bible says this in Ephesians 4, 26 on your notes. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. It's not a sin to be angry. It's what you do with your anger 
that can lead to sin if you're not careful. Sadly, many Christians mistakenly think that it's a sin to feel anger. So when they feel it, what they do is they stuff it, they suppress it, they deny it. And that's a recipe for impatience because sooner or later, what's going to happen to that anger? It's going to bob up and blow up. Stuart Briscoe writes the following. One day, a lady came into my study and said, Now, Stuart, you must understand that what I have to say is the truth, but first I want you to know that I am not angry. I replied, I hadn't even thought of you being angry, but presumably you had or you wouldn't have mentioned it. She responded with a sudden violent explosion that nearly knocked me across the room. She'd been suppressing her anger and doing nobody, including herself, any good. Yes, if you want to see the fruit of the spirit of patience in your life, you must be honest about your anger and admit it to yourself and God. When you're angry, own up to it so that you can give it up to God instead of stuff it down inside of you. The Holy Spirit will help you be honest about your anger. Here's the second ingredient that makes for the fruit of the Spirit of patience. The Holy Spirit will help you not only to be honest about your anger, but also, number two, to be slow to react. Slow to react. Notice what Proverbs 29, verse 11 says. A stupid man gives free rein to his anger. A wise man waits and, let it's, and lets it cool. You know, when anger and impatience starts to stir in your heart, one of the best things you can do is cool your jets. Slow down. Give yourself some time. Be slow to react. Around our house when I was growing up, my mother had her count to ten rule, she called it, count to ten rule. And it basically went this way. When you're angry, count to ten before you say anything. I discovered that that rule did not work for me. So I came up with my own rule. It's my 24-hour rule. And the idea is when I'm upset about something, I don't say anything to the person I'm upset with about it until 24 hours have passed. I, with the Spirit's help, try to be slow to react. Sounds good in theory, does it not? But even I blow my 24-hour rule with some regularity, I must admit. Donna's shaking her head. I probably have a tender conscience. I, I, a while back, Donna and I were traveling to Nashville, driving to Nashville. This is a couple years ago. And we're off on our way to Nashville. And we drove for nine hours to get to Forest City, Arkansas. Anyone ever drive by Forest City, Arkansas? And we always stay at the Hampton Inn. But first we tank up, fill our gas tank up. So we went to the, this gas station, quick stop, next to um, the Walmart there. And it's the end of the day, and I'm dead tired, and I'm anxious to get to that motel room. And I'm not looking forward to, you know, another day drive. And, and I'm excited about seeing grandkids, but it's like boot camp every time we go for, because we're talking about three grandkids. It's just like going to boot camp. And after a week, I feel like I've graduated from boot camp. It's just this... <laughs> 
You know, it's just so I'm, I'm on the front end of boot camp, right? And I stick my card in, my credit card in to get the gas, and the gas won't take my, it won't take my credit card. I tried all these different ways. I just wouldn't do it. So finally I went up to the booth, and there's this young girl. She couldn't have been more than 20, 21 years old. And I started crawling down her throat about the gas pump not taking my credit card as if she's in charge of the gas pump. And, you know, I wasn't crawling down her throat, but I was snippy, to say the least, about it. Uh, and, you know, she's just there collecting money. She's not there running the pumps, and, you know, she doesn't work for my credit card company. But I was acting like she did, and as if it was her fault. So finally, I got, the got, I got the car pumped with gas. I went over to the hotel room. We got all of our stuff up in the hotel room. And God's Spirit was convicting me, right, about significantly breaking my 24-hour rule, to say the least. So I said to Donna, I'll be back in a little bit. And I got back down into our car, drove back to the gas station, parked my car, went up, and uh, I knew what I needed to say to her. And you know what I said to her? I, I looked her at right through the glass there. I looked at her, and she, she saw me. And the minute she saw me, she <laughs> stepped back. <laughs> <laughs> you just step back. And I looked at her and I said, I want, first words out of my mouth, I said, I want you to know that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And about 20 minutes ago, I was very unkind to you. And I did not represent my Savior well. And I want to apologize to you and ask your forgiveness. You should have seen the look on her face. She didn't know whether to spit or wind or watch. She, uh, and, then, and then I could just see, she, she said, oh, well, that's all right. You could just see the countenance of her face change. And again, I learned that lesson. And I've learned it every time I've been quick to react instead of slow to react uh, that... Uh, uh, I just walk away from that and say, I don't want to do that again. And uh, the Holy Spirit then has me say, I'm sorry, and boy, that'll straighten me out. <laughs> I don't want to drive back to too many more gas stations again, that's for sure. Be honest about your anger. Be slow to react. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit will help you be prayerful before God. That's the third ingredient to being patient, being prayerful before God. That's what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, didn't he? Three times, just kept praying. Small wonder he was patient. 1 Timothy 2, verse 8 says this, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. I can tell you this much. When you're angry, when we're angry, if we would do a lot less flapping of our lips and a lot more lifting up of our hearts to God, we would discover patience manifested in our lives in new ways. Be honest about your anger. Be slow to react. Be prayerful before God. Here's the fourth ingredient of patience. The Holy Spirit will help you to be constructive in your expression. Constructive in your expression. Proverbs 29.11 says this. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. You know, when you're prayerful before God, he will show you the best and most constructive way to express your anger. 
And I've discovered that during the 24 hours that I kind of camp on my anger. It's amazing how God gives me a healthier and more constructive expression of that. And then, finally, the Holy Spirit will help you with this fifth ingredient to be reliant upon Christ, to be reliant upon Christ. Ultimately, it comes down to that. I remember learning a little poem as a young man. It goes this way. Patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. Seldom in a woman, never in a man. <laughs> There's two things wrong with that poem. Number one, I've discovered impatience is equally present in both men and women. And number two, true patience is not a human virtue. It's not something you dig up from yourself. It is a gift of God the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. Romans 15 verse 4 says this, May God, who gives patience, steadiness, and encouragement, help you to live in complete harmony with each other, each with the attitude of Christ toward the other. Patience comes from Jesus, who went all the way to the cross for you patiently. So come to Jesus and rely upon him for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yes, more than a few situations and people in life are like this Rubik's Cube. Very, very challenging. Do you need a new measure of patience in your life? The Holy Spirit is here to help you. If you will trust in Christ, he will send the Spirit into your heart and give you this capacity for calm endurance and waiting in faith upon God. He will enable you to be honest about your anger, be slow to react, be prayerful before God, be constructive in your expression, and be reliant upon Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. Shall we stand for our closing prayer? Oh God, you are a patient God, and you offer us great patience. Thank you for sending your Son to go to a cross that you might be patient with us as sinners and pardoning of us his merit and his grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for offering us this great fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is so needed in our lives today. Please help us to be honest about our anger, to be slow to react, to be prayerful before you, to be constructive in our expression, and to be reliant, always reliant upon Jesus. And in turn, may people see your patience working through us and say, how great is your God. Amen. Let's sing our closing song.